Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. is Michelle O'Donnell, Branch Manager of Glasgow Property Letting, GPL. Um, we're going to discuss the topic of pest control within rental properties. Morning, Michelle. Morning, morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Oh, yes, yes. Lovely sunny day in Glasgow today. Yeah, we have it in Edinburgh too. Now, obviously we're going to talk about, about pests and pest control. So firstly, can I just ask you, you know, is there a blanket approach to all pest side of things that the landlord, um, you know, is responsible? Um, is this something that's covered in a typical PRT? I don't think there's a blanket approach to anything in the private rental sector. <laughs> it would be great if there was. Um, but And with regards to pest and vermin, there is one section in the private rented tenancy, section 40, I think it is, that says that after seven days, the tenant is responsible for the eradication of pests and pets, which is incredibly vague because at the same time the landlord has got a duty of care to make sure the tenants proper the property is fit for human habitation and I don't know about you but I don't think having wasps swarming about is fit for human habitation. Absolutely, because there's so many different reasons for infestations. Mm -hmm. So it's a very hard one to determine, isn't it? And actually just who who should be kind of responsible or who should be eliminating and how to. So we'll go into this obviously in more detail because, yeah, I mean, they can happen out with anyone's control. However, there are common known causes that can encourage pests into the home. So, you know, what would you say these are? Leaving food out is a major, I would say one of the major um, causes of infestation. I remember many years ago when I was in holiday in Australia, my younger cousin left a tiny little jelly bean on the stairs on the way up to the attic and we got home that day to find the house infested with ants, a trail of ants coming from the outside all the way along the kitchen, all the way along the hall, all the way up the wall, and all the way, this little jelly bean, which originally was pink, was black. Oh, just covered. Mm. Absolutely covered. And just now, because of the erratic weather we're having, Mm -hmm. insects that would have been commonly quite happy to be outside over the winter, they're coming inside. They're coming inside. And vermin as well, mice, they're tending to come inside for shelter, warmth, protection. There's no rhyme or reason. There's preventative measures. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it found to be, you know, if it is found to be the tenant's cause, is this deducted from the deposit or should the landlord charge the tenant at the time? To prove it's the tenant's fault, a specialist would need to come in to say this was the reason this happened. Then a tenant on the flip side could say, well, the neighbours next door have had mice, so they've had insects coming in, so it's not to say they haven't migrated. Or you can't prove that those bed bugs or carpet um, beetles came from my suitcase. It's a very, very difficult one. And the landlord has got the duty of care for the tenant in the property. Well, yeah, the custodial schemes do say that it could be deducted from the deposit, 
But again, the burden of proof is on the agent and landlord to prove that it is the tenant's fault and responsibility. Indeed. Well, let's look at each type of main pet infestation that can commonly occur in Scottish rental properties and, you know, just how to identify them, the cause and how they can be eliminated. So let's work through them alphabetically, starting with bed bugs. What are the first signs a tenant may notice of bed bugs being present in the property? A lovely subject. I know, we're starting oh, from the worst. Oh. Possibly a tenant would notice the bites. Um, which tend to be sort of red lumps. They'll be in a line and they will notice in bed, bed bugs with their name obviously indicated live in the bed. So it'll be in the seam of a mattress, you would find them. They, they're usually only, they're tiny, they're about half a centimetre in length, ranging from very, very light in colour to quite dark. And once they have fed off of their host for want of a better word yeah. a lovely rusty brown colour and fall off <laughs> yes not pleasant but in the um, private renting sector a landlord sorry a letting agent needs to provide mattress protectors at the start of each tenancy and I have noticed very little reports of bed bugs since the introduction of that I think mm -hmm. um, probably about 10 years ago that we maybe had over the summer months reports of bed bugs every three months, somebody might say right. something about it, but I don't remember one happening in the past year, two That's years. Good, two yeah, because mm -hmm. obviously mattress protectors must be, you know, replaced between each tenant. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because bed bugs are quite I mean, like hotels and things like that, where it's sort of transient. Yes, there's, there's lots of traffic in a bed. They're more frequent, but I know not a happy subject. No, because as you said, they can easily, as you mentioned before, be brought into property on mm -hmm. someone's luggage. Um, mm -hmm. And, and clothing so yeah it's a tricky one because if you'd like to check the tenant wanted to check a property first you know for bed bugs where should they look and and, and what are they looking for exactly um you know and then what are the best ways to eliminate them uh you'll be looking sort of in the seams of the mattress just at the edges just to see if you can see them sleeping they're, they're nocturnal they're dormant they probably won't be out during the day in a viewing hopefully not Hot washes seem to be a good deterrent for them to get rid of them. And then there's all the old wise remedies of um, herbal things. Um, I'm trying, trying to think what they would be. Rosemary seems to be one. Lavender. Insects don't tend to like lavender. Mothballs, I think, cure all ills, not just for moths. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And should there ever be professionals called in to where the, the place is actually almost like fumigated? Is that ever necessary? In 20 years of lettings, I've never had that experience, but I would never say no. A professional, that's what they do. They're, they're, they are the ones that are in the know. Mm -hmm. Get a professional in if in doubt. Okay, well, let's move to mice because obviously these little creatures can be commonly found in old tenement buildings. Mm -hmm. So what brings mice into a property? Warmth, shelter. Mm -hmm. With the um, building works that are happening, especially in Glasgow city centre, I'm not sure what it's like in Edinburgh just now, when buildings are being demolished, mice and rats, nobody likes to talk about rats, but they are part of our lives. Yeah. They need to find a new home when a building comes down and quite often they will find a new home in ours. 
So even if there's not, because obviously, you know, I'm sure many people are aware that, that food being left out can bring mice in. Definitely. Yeah. So are you saying even with the building work, they can still come in? So just let tenants know they can still come in even without food being left in. They can in. still come in. Tin foil is a very good, it sounds so bizarre, but mice don't like the noise of um, metal. I know they're little and it will also alert yourself that you may have a mouse. Uh, if you put tin foils around the doorways, they won't cross the threshold because they don't like the sound of the tin foil on their feet. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those bizarre, bizarre things that I've found out. They might be worth putting in certain bits because obviously they can come. I think the bones are quite soft because they can squeeze they their are. way through they various. Can get, mm-hmm. You can get various to the tiniest, tiniest yeah. space, and that's just a case of blocking that up. The councils tend to offer a pet service, which mm-hmm. is laying poison. I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, years ago, when I stayed in Shawlands on the south side of Glasgow, I did have um, a furry friend in my flat, and I got the humane mouse traps. I got, got one from Amazon. I think it was not that I'm endorsing Amazon. And yeah. yes, I, I caught a little algin on with some cheese and chocolate. I think it was, and then I released them in Kim Queen's Park. You're meant to do it a mile away, so it was maybe just shy of a mile. But yes, and I'm so far touchwood. He's not returned. He's not found his way. Not found his way back. Um, I mean, what if, if, if a tenant say if, if you haven't actually seen a, a, you know mice in your property? What are the telltale signs that there's a mice infestation? You would notice the droppings. You may not think. You may just think it's you dropped some grease or maybe a bit of um, dirt or something like the bacon burnt bacon on the ground and it's mushed in, but it's sort of smears of black I was saying that is mouse feces that you'd find that, that that was the first time when I had a mouse in my own property I found and then I did see a little algin on yeah. out. other other signs that um you would find would be nibbling on food they, they like sweet things they like chocolate but as you'll find most um invaders into your home and welcome visitors they'll eat most things and that is a good indication that you've got something there that you don't want. Yeah, and also I think if they're scratching can be heard sometimes depending mm. where mm. they are mm. in the walls or or other areas. Well, how do you, you know, you mentioned about obviously like maybe humane mice traps. What other ways are there to eliminate them and also to stop them coming back in the home without accessing through certain parts? What's the best way to prevent them? I know. If you know where the access point is, get it blocked up. Um, as, as I said earlier, on the private rented tenancy, this is deemed the tenant's responsibility, but again, it's a hard one to prove. As the tenant left out food that's attracted the vermin into the property, and then does the tenant then contact the council to get the, the amount to put the poisons down? And would, should the tenant pay for a joiner to come in to plug up any access holes or is that the landlord's responsibility and the duty of care? There's lots and lots and lots of ways to stop it, but there's lots and lots of um, arguments about who should pay for it. Okay. And so when, again, just with kind of each infestation, when is it at the stage where professionals should be called in? I would recommend getting a professional in it. As soon as you know, I don't even know because it's a hard one. It doesn't hurt to have someone out to confirm 
a suspicion mm-hmm. or eliminate mm-hmm. a suspicion. If you think that you have got a rodent or any vermin or any pest in the property, get someone out to confirm. Yeah, or deny. Put your mind at ease. You want mm-hmm. to sleep well at night without worrying that something else is invading your personal space. Sometimes, quite literally, especially if it's a bed bug. Well, let's move on now to talk about moth infestations. As, as they, I mean, they're all distressing, but they can be really distressing because they can mm-hmm. quickly cause extensive damage to you know carpets, clothes, furnishings. And um, what are the first signs that a property has moths? And then again, like, what's the best action to take? You know, because that what I guess I'm trying to distinguish here is with them. Um, you know, when the tenant can be rest assured that if the landlord is trying to deal with it, you know, that may be sufficient or when really at quite an early stage, you know, the landlord should be a professional's in to kind of just eliminate and then kind of hopefully cure for the future. Moth, you would you tend to be able to see them flying about. If you don't see them flying about, you may notice you've got holes in your clothes that oh that you possibly the seam might have split and you weren't expecting that you haven't put on any weight which I think we're all a bit guilty of especially in the Christmas period. The moth balls are very very useful. They're not expensive at all and they work wonders. And again, the old wife's remedies, lavender. They don't like lavender. Um, there's lavender toilet tissue you can get, which I've heard from tenants really does make a huge oh, difference. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. That is something that we all need toilet tissue and yeah. the scent isn't overwhelming or not overpowering, but it is a useful deterrent. Okay. So, you know, is there a specific time of year that's worse for moths? And again, like what can be done for to prevent a future infestation? The, the, the time of year has changed. It used to be sort of April, May, when we would have the spike in the temperature and then again August, September. But with the world heating up, it seems as if we've got the absolute extremes and we've got a lot of heat with a lot of insects and things in our world. And then the cold spell, which goes very, very cold, and then these insects that are out in the world then come into our homes to get the heat that they have been used to for the majority of the year. Deterrent-wise, I, I think it's possibly a fact of life that you may have to live with them, but managing them, making sure they can't have a home in your rug, your carpet, vacuuming, I wouldn't say excessively because that might be a wee bit of excessive. <laughs> <laughs> vacuuming regularly, keeping the property, keeping your property clean, cleaning cupboards. Moths, insects, things like that, they like dark places. They like yeah. places that you don't think about. You, the moths like natural fibres, don't they? So it tends mm-hmm. to be carpets, wool, or your kind of natural um, mm-hmm. products in that sense. Now, I've heard that, that, that you know, the moth, one of the main problems can be that they lay their eggs and then their eggs can be on the, the carpets or within clothing and it's when they hatch. Is that right? It's been obviously so you have to try and get rid of the larvae before they yeah, hatch. You have to get rid of the male moth. There are, I think it's a pheromone deterrent that it's called that deters the male moth. And obviously to reproduce, they need to have both species yes. going that single way. So the um, pheromone moth deterrent will deter the male moth and you have to replace them, I think it's every three months. 
they mm-hmm. get replaced, but they're not again not an expensive expense to make sure that your home's moth free. Yeah, because I think is it that the, the larvae look like is it tiny grains of rice? Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. seeing these lying in between clothes. I think if um, if clothes are left or put away dirty, not kind uh-huh. of washed, isn't it? There's, there's, there's certain preventative measures that can be taken as in there just. Mm-hmm. Cleaning your clothes, obviously, regularly not putting clothes that you've worn pop back in, or even slightly damp. I think can be mm-hmm. can be a cause. So there's various ways I think that that they that can be prevented, especially mm-hmm. people who have been troubled with them previously in their property. But let's go on to um, oh, one of my worst is is uh, wasps, because um, they're they're quite obvious. Um, to tenants, if, there, if there's a wasp wasp nest in the in the property, particularly because they're obviously flying about, but I think they they will, will um, make the nest in one area. I'm aware, maybe so. It's maybe just one room that you may see um, wasps flying about more. But tell us a bit more about the you know the habit of this type of pest. Wasp, you would tend to notice if you see a wasp going in and out of a single area. They're, they're heading towards and coming out of a single point. That's an indication that there may be a wasp nest in an attic or an eave, somewhere like that. The wasp's nest, uh, there's services that the councils offer a service to sort of spray the nest, to try and kill the nest. You'll see signs, I, I see them quite often on streets, sort of wasp nest removal, £35, etc. The wasp nest, once it's dead, I would advise to keep it if it's in an attic, it's not bothering you, leave it there. Another wasp won't build a new nest near it because they're quite territorial. If you have a bee's nest, I had a friend who had a bee's nest in a garden and he couldn't do anything about it because it was a honeybee nest and that's oh, That's right. That's right. And then had to wait for that nest to die effectively or the season to end and then and then he did remove it. Work of art, absolutely beautiful. I was about to say they're quite impressive as a structure, mm-hmm. aren't they? Because they're made mm-hmm. with I think they chew and they is it chew cardboard and things, so a mixture between mm-hmm. the saliva, the saliva and the and, and what they've been chewing more cardboard. It's almost like a paper mash, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And they're all yes, quite different all... in the structures mm-hmm. and different like communities mm-hmm. of them. They have mm-hmm. something else. And they don't tend to go back to so they won't go back and nest again in a previous nest. And as you said, other wasps won't then nest in or near a previous or you know, mm. existing nest. So, yeah, they're not really something that should be tackled by the, no, the, the no, landlords because no. um, I think wasps will, they don't die like bees after the stung. They will repeatedly sting. Will. So I think they, they will is, attack. Mm-hmm. Get, get a professional in if you are wanting to remove it, whether mm-hmm. whether it's a live nest, and if you're wanting to spray something to kill the nest or make make the nest die, get a professional in. Yeah, because they are the ones that will become aggressive. They'll become quite defensive. Obviously, mm-hmm. their homes being threatened. It used to tend to be kind of spring would be when they would start. Is that right? Yes. And they'd be quite small. So you mentioned before, kind of eaves. Um, you know, attic space shed. So, is that the main? Is there any other areas that if somebody wanted to check, say early spring, where easier to uh, to deal with? Where else? What other other key spots? Say within kind of tenement buildings or things. Tenement buildings. Tenement buildings. They'll tend to have maybe a cellar. Mm-hmm. 
which is sort of dank and dark and a perfect breeding ground for all manner of insects and things. But insects will find a way. I mean, Wellington boots are left out in a garden. I've heard of beehives and wasp nests being made there. Find a place. Well, find a place. Insects will always find a way. Well, what should a tenant do then on a rare occasion if the issue is not dealt with quickly or at all? If they've got, you know, they're in a situation where they have reported it. They have reported it and nothing's happened. There's the first tier tribunal that can then chase up the landlord and letting agent. Citizens' advice is a wealth of information, especially about um, pests. In researching our chat today, citizens' advice had a lot of information available. I probably say slightly more than the Scottish Government website. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. Well, what, what you, you touched on earlier at, at the beginning of the podcast, and it's just something I'd like to ask a bit more about, is yeah, if the infestation is coming from a neighbouring property, you know, what can be done in that situation? Yeah, but I'm, I'm always a fan of talking things out, chatting the neighbour's door and say, look, this is happening in my property. Are you feeling this? Are you, have you got the same going on? And if they say no, I would believe them. I don't think anyone's got reason to lie, especially if they've got pets. If you're certain that, that you can contact environmental health, then environmental health are sort of the ones that would determine the reason for an infestation. That would be who, if it came down to a blame game to try and claim something back from a deposit, I would have environmental health assess the situation to see where possible infestation started from and how it started. Okay, yeah, that's that's useful. Um, so just in all your years, you've um, got a huge amount of experience in residential property letting. <laughs> what would you say is your worst, your worst pest infestation that you've come across, or have you been lucky enough to say this to to not have? Situation as bad as that. Fairly lucky. We have got a property that's had moths recurring for. Many years, specialists have been in. They've determined several different reasons why the moths are recurring. Was it the same tenants in the whole time? Same tenants in the whole time. Yeah. And they've got um, very long curtains in the property and the moths sort of have been breeding, gathering in in sort of the back of these curtains, which is a problem. And then they've got the carpet type that's in the property Seems to the, the the moths seem to like him um, frolicking in that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's recurring, and I don't want to say I don't think the tenants are using the mothballs and the lavender and all and vacuuming regularly and doing all the cleaning things because that would be unfair. I don't live in the house with the tenants, but that's probably that that's probably the most frustrating one that we've had in recent times because yeah. it hasn't been resolved and it just seems to be ongoing. And I feel for the tenants. Absolutely. I have heard yeah, one situation um, where somebody's actually had to get the carpets replaced to, you know, floorboards that they mm-hmm. prefer not to have. And they just like curtains because they are that expensive to probably have to be dry clean. But then again, if there's something, um, a regular infestation, then, yeah, it's, it, it, they are very hard things. Very hard mm-hmm. place to control. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, thank you, Michelle. That's been helpful advice. Um, and um, yeah, not maybe the most pleasant of topics. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for having me, Julie. 
I'm Gillian Sandler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. 